Hi there and welcome to this podcast series courtesy of House of African Feminism. My name is Queen Tambori and I am a gender equality advocate, a media personality and proudly a feminist. Now joining me today is an amazing lady and of course I believe she's a feminist but we'll get to know more about her. She's called Dr. Zippy Okop. Uh, she's a consultant on performing arts on gender issues and curriculum development. She's a producer, director, she's a storyteller, she's an author, lecturer at KCA University, and she's also produced numerous movies, including Midlife Prices, Contract Love, and most recently, I think it's called Side Chick Wife Chronicles or something. <laughs> Hi, Zipi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank Good you. Good to see you Good again. Good to see you too. Did I leave out anything about you? If we if we get into that now, they won't show you what describing is it. Really? Yeah. So we're good to go. Have you been? I've been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you a feminist? I am a feminist. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and with all the good things and bad things, I am a feminist. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Now our topic for today is gender justice. But before we get, you know, we dive into it, I think we just need to uh, uh, set some definitions or some things clear right from the get go. Because a lot of times when people talk about feminism, I think there's a lot of mixed reaction. So my question to you is, why is it that feminism is hated? Feminism is not well accepted amongst Africans because traditionally we are a very highly patriarchal society. So anything that comes to try to check the patriarchy in the African setting will not be loved very much by many people, men and women included. So when feminism came, it was about fighting for women's rights, having women's voice be heard, getting equal uh, spaces for women. And so that was not very well accepted. And they started coining it that those are people who hate men. No, feminists who don't hate men. They just want equal spaces as men. So feminism is, uh, is something that many people are stigmatized when they hear about it. But I think it's a beautiful thing. Being a mother of girls, I think it's important. For my daughter to know that she has an equal space as her um, boy classmates, female classmates in terms of career choices, in terms of even leadership. When you say that someone is a feminist, yeah. what exactly do you mean? Maybe we should have started the interview from there. Yeah. <laughs> who is a feminist? A feminist is someone who champions for women's rights, women's spaces, women's voice, and allowing women to be heard. Yeah. So is it possible to also have men who are feminists? Yes. Really? We have got men who are feminists. They're the ones we call he for she. Okay. Yeah, those are men who are feminists. They believe that a woman has got an equal platform and they're not threatened by the existence of a woman in, in that same space. So we have got male feminists. Yeah. How can, can we ensure that uh, we experience equality or is it equity in different institutions? Yeah. We arrived at this kind of space where men are always being given higher positions than women to deputize them because that's how we were brought up. You know, families, man is the head of the home, man follows the next. Every decision must be made by the man. And uh, even when you go to, from the primary schools, mixed uh, uh, high schools, and even the universities, the president, man, the vice woman, then the other positions will be filled by many men except maybe secretary. And treasurer to be given to women. And that's why they created a position in many universities called uh, Director of Gender Studies to give women a chance. And this gets replicated even in now top national leadership. So you find that it is something that has 
uh, been in our ecosystem from when we were kids. And even as we fight for positions for women in power, in the offices, in spaces, it's something that's so ingrained in us that um, sometimes you find that even women say, no, a woman cannot lead us. Let a man just lead. Women. So it doesn't matter how many credentials you have, you'll find that women are always just being given the second position. No matter how good you are, how great your ideas are, even when they know this one will work, but let us give her a second position. And so it's just something that uh, it's taking a lot of women to uh, get into that space. But what I like right now is that women are going for those positions. Women are applying for those positions. And women are getting those positions because uh, at the end of the day, nowadays, there, there are a lot of things that uh, come with merit. When people can see what you can do, uh, the achievements you have and the kind of vision you have, a lot of women are taking the spaces. So even when it comes to gender balance and leadership, we still have a long way to go, but we are in a better place. A lot of people, Zippy, argue that this thing called feminism is a foreign concept and it has basically come to dismantle our African solid culture, cultural ecosystem. What is your thought on that? They say that feminism is basically an enemy to Africans and it should not be embraced at all costs. Because a feminist will probably not want to be married. Okay, probably they will go against, for example, the fact of polygamy, uh, the, the practice such as polygamy. Yeah, and these are practices that actually somehow define, you know, who we are as Africans. You know, what, what do you think about that? Feminism is very African. Let's explain, please. <laughs> I believe feminism is very African. The African woman is a very powerful woman. And that is why men came up with patriarchy to be able to suppress her just a bit because her power was overboard. When you look at the women leaders that we have from traditional back then, Mekateliliwa Menza, any woman leader that had the space to lead was very phenomenal. They did uh, wonderful things. When you look at our Kikuyu community, I mean, the Kikuyu were born of Woman, Mumbi, we never know the husband of Mumbi. It was Mumbi. But then because they are the ones we can see in Kenya are not as patriarchal in their thinking. When you look at now the other nilotic communities, you'll find that the woman's space is always very important. You realize that uh, when you watch a lot of uh, movies or when you listen to a lot of stories about traditional, men, whenever they met, they never made decisions on the first meeting. Why do you think so? Because they had to go back home and at night talk to them. Consult the wives. wives. And the following day, Mm -hmm. they will say, no, I have thought about it. And uh, I think as a community, we should do this. It was always the women's decision. It's only that women were told, don't speak up. Because when women speak up, it intimidates the man. So feminism is not foreign. What is foreign is the word, is the English word feminism. But in terms of practice, it existed in Africa for a very long time. Uh, it's only that uh, men mastered the skill of not telling women's stories so that the men heroines, the hero stories that come out more than the female heroine stories. Even look at the Bible. The few women who are mentioned are heroes. I don't want to be struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The few women mentioned in the Bible are heroes. No matter way, whichever way you look at it, 
Uh, look at Esther. I mean, look at Ruth. Look at Naomi. I think those are the ones that are most popular. They had the wisdom that men craved for. And the men tapped into that wisdom and voiced it out to the people. When it comes to feminism in Africa, it existed, but we had to be suppressed. And women, because we are naturals, we accepted to be suppressed so that we can live in harmony. Yeah. You know, we cannot talk about feminism and patriarchy without really mentioning gender roles, especially in the African context. Possibly that will shed light, especially for people who think they believe in gender equality, but they are not feminists. I believe the, the word kind of, I mean, it's, it's one and the same. Sometime this year during elections, I was doing, I was doing a bit of training for journalists. And one of the exercises we were doing was basically mentioning, you know, um, occupations and careers. And all they needed to do was tell me whether uh, the career is for men or for women. And surprisingly, majority of them thought that being a politician or even driving a car, depending on the regions where we visited, they thought that being a politician or driving a car or building a house, these are responsibilities that are only meant for, for, for men. Yeah, in your, in your practice, in your experience, do you believe that when we're able to define the specific gender roles for, you know, for, for female and male, is it one of the things that has stood in the way in terms of you know, uh, creating a space for women in leadership, in justice? What, what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, traditionally we used to have, uh, let me say, the domestic gender roles. Yeah, but uh, because of education and empowerment, that has changed the sphere of things because Right now, women want to do sciences, women want to be computer technicians, and it is not wrong, and it is okay if women to want to take these uh, very, very tough technical kind of careers and even leadership positions. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that comes out a lot when it comes to gender roles is uh, our upbringing. But because right now, a lot of parents are educated, and because also people are learning how to be very independent, we have got machines for doing everything, then even the women's, uh, the woman's role, even at home, has changed. Women are now educated, they are empowered. We are going to school, we are having jobs, we are also going to work eight to five and coming back home in the evening. You see, traditionally, the general roles was very delicate because the woman was at home to take care of children, be a housekeeper, you know, homemaker. But now we are doing so much. We are going to work and still coming home to be a homemaker. And that's why we need to have a house help and nanny to help with all that. So when it comes to defining gender roles, it is something that uh, attitudes have to change because women are earning even much salaries than men right now. And even those who are earning, anytime you find a man and a woman working in the same office earning the sal same salary, I can assure you the woman has more money because women do side hustle business while men go to drink and watch football in the evening. <laughs> so you'll find that uh, a lot of uh, women, they get empowered through education, through information. And so the gender role right now is a very blurry space that uh, even if you're bringing up boys, you have to bring them up to know how to cook. In many of our cultures, when you go to get married, they say you've got to cook in direct translation. But nowadays, we are not going to cook. We are looking for companionship. So right now, in regards to gender roles, we are also asking men, what are you bringing to the table? Because you're educated, I am educated. You go to work, I go to work. I can cook, I might think so can you. So 
what else are we bringing to the table? The gender roles have to change, and uh, women are accepting the change very fast, but men are not because men want men want to have their cake and eat it. Men want women to share costs because life is very expensive. They want you to go to work, but they don't want to share house chores. I mean, we can't let them give back. We understand that. But we need a balance. And it, it might take time for some men to understand that. But it is one of the things that are bringing a lot of uh, domestic conflicts right now at home. Because depending on where you are brought up and how you are brought up, you find women might open up faster and get exposed faster than men. What do you think about this thing that is called toxic feminism. Can feminism be toxic? Yes, feminism can be toxic. Mm. And uh, that's maybe one thing that we need to address. Feminism can be toxic. Mm. Just like anything in the world can be toxic. You see, um, even love can be toxic. <laughs> so feminism can be. When, when as much as we are fighting for the space of women, we also need to understand this same space is also occupied by a man. So if this table is being occupied by a man and a woman and we push this man out of the table, that is toxic feminism. What are the signs? The what, signs what, are like, what would we call, yeah, what, how would you know, like point out and say, you know, that one is toxic, is, 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 is feminism and it is toxic. Like where there's equal opportunity table, but you can't give chance to a man because he's a man. Basically, just because of he's a man, just not because of, uh, of his uh, credentials. Because as women, we want to be given opportunities because of our credentials. So not just because I'm a woman. We have to fight for that space in a very equal playing field. So if we are not giving men a chance just because he's a man, we're not giving them a chance to speak up just because, oh, this is a woman's issue you can't understand, then that is toxic feminism. Even if you hate men? Yeah. So we need to, we need to just give everyone an equal playing field. You know, just like they say, your right as a person ends where the person's right mm. begin. So that is what we are asking for, the same equal space. So this toxic feminism, we cannot say we don't hate men. Mm. We love men. We, I mean, we can't exist without them. Mm. <laughs> we are fighting for what they have, I mean. So it's just important that we learn to share this space with them. We learn to take our equal share so that they don't have it all as, as they have always had it. And uh, they also need to learn to share that space. So there's the toxic feminism, which is true, but there's also the, the toxic masculinity, masculinity yeah. that comes in to push the, the woman. So that even if a woman is just voicing herself like, okay, can I get a chance to speak? Yeah, you women are, you know, you women are, oh, keep quiet. You can't listen. No, that is also toxic masculinity. masculinity, masculinity yeah. So these are two things that they truly exist. And um, I think real feminists understand how to balance that. And is it possible, Dr. Zippy, that as we fight for gender equality or, you know, equal space for, and opportunities for women, that we are also ignoring the boy child or we are diminishing the space for the boy child? In a nutshell, yeah. is the boy child neglected? Is he being neglected? Because there's been a lot I, of talk around that. That talk has been... So, so much. And I think it is uh, the toxic masculinity that's coming to kill the feminists. If the feminists are trying to champion for the girl child, it is the role of the men to champion for the boy child. Instead of saying, 
you put a post about women and feminism, and then they say, what about the boy child? You are a boy, you're a man. I mean, fight for the boy child. Yeah, we all can't be, I can't be fighting for men and women. Fight for the boy child. So the space is there. Uh, I don't think they're being sidelined. Even with all the feminism talk that's going on, women still don't have enough spaces yeah. in terms of work. Women are still more harassed than men. Like, yes, there's gender violence both sides for men and women, but women are still uh, more harassed at home, at work, in the office. They, even, even, when, uh, even when we take cases to courts, I mean, that uh, this domestic violence, the first question is, what did you do to make him do that? And uh, that's not fair. That's not justice. We, need, we don't need to be asked, what did we do? He raped me. He beat me. The question is not, what did I do to make him beat me? The question is, couldn't he have another form of communication except beating? Yeah, there are many ways that you can communicate without hurting the other person. Yeah. And you can, even walking away is a form of communication. It's a message. It's a message. I want to change, shift gears a bit um, and now look at, you know, gender justice. When you talk about gender justice, what comes to mind, like, from your experience? Fairness for both genders, fairness for men, fairness for women, uh, just everybody getting an equal opportunity to be heard whenever there's an issue arise or whenever there's a, uh, something that needs to be addressed. Like if we right now say that, uh, let me say domestic violence, if an issue is brought to court, why is a woman, first of all, not being given uh, equal hearing? Two, most women are not financially stable, so they can't afford good lawyers. And that's why many people are separated and not divorced because the man can afford a lawyer, but he decides he won't. And the woman can't afford a lawyer because it's like, will I pay for kids' fees and food or afford a lawyer? And so maybe even as a government, so we should be able to have uh, all lawyers in the country being able to take at least one case or two cases every year. And some of these cases should be the ones of issues to do with whether it is uh, domestic violence or land issues, right? They need to have serious pro bono cases that they can file and say every year we've done one or two pro bono cases. Because that's the one way to, to help women uh, to be able to voice up and uh, to be able to get an equal playing field. When it comes to gender justice, there's a lot that needs to be done. We have gender mainstreaming, but the implementation is where the justice comes in. And that is not being done. Too many policies, too little work on them. Uh, I know for a fact that you went through a divorce. In Africa, divorce is not accepted. It does, it, it does not happen. As a matter of fact, from the region where we come from, if uh, you separated from your, your spouse and God forbid you die, they will come for your body. Exactly. You are not, you, in Africa, we do not divorce. I have a will on that. How did you do it? How was your experience? Yes. I think I have a very supportive family. My parents were very supportive. Mm -hmm. They stood by me through it all. And uh, I think that gave me some sort of strength. Uh, also, divorce is, is death. I say there's a lot of times. People think it's easy because you are out there talking and all that. But even before I started talking, it took me around five years to speak up. That's one thing people forget. Yeah. From the moment I left, to the moment I started speaking about it, it took me five years to be able to have the courage to speak boldly and publicly about it. So these are things that uh, people really need to look at very differently. Personally, yes, my parents were there. Having a job helped me a lot. 
having gone to school and seeing all the opportunities that I couldn't get also helped me a lot. So when I walked out, I was distraught, depressed and all that. But uh, I think having gone through therapy, I was able to get an awakening. In the African context, it's still a long way to go. The film industry, the media industry, which actually has been on the spot for perpetrating inequalities. What do you think about that? I think our, our industry has got uh, a lot of uh, inequality that has been there in terms of uh, even access to finances, to opportunities, uh, provision of, uh, of uh, how do I call it, hospitality in itself. Like when you're on a set, are women given a fair, like even a room to change, you know? We just change there because they're like, ah, I'm an artist, what haven't you seen? So Dr. Zippy, as we wind up, uh, do you think feminism is good or bad for Africa, for Kenya, for the world? I think feminism is good for the world. Please explain. Well, as a country, looking at the way our issues of domestic violence, gender-based violence, rape cases, child molestation are being addressed, it is not enough. I really don't like it when I hear that. Well, the family decided that they resolve the issue privately. I don't like that statement. And uh, when we have this kind of cases, it needs a feminist lawyer to be able to come and speak up so that people can be able to have uh, an equal platform. Feminism is a good thing because it makes, as much as things are not where it is, at least even the perpetrators know there are feminists who will speak against this. And just knowing that we exist and we're going to speak up against this, it makes even those who are planning to do it to fear. You get it? Yeah. So I think feminism is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It just needs as a society for us, uh, the men and the women, to embrace it, to accept that it is not about the toxic feminism. It's about getting into an equal space for ourselves, for our girls, because even these same men have daughters, and I don't think they would want their daughters to be oppressed or suppressed. They want their daughters to be confident, to speak up, uh, so that in case anything happens to their girls, they want justice to be served on any perpetrator, whether the perpetrator is a man or a woman. They want their girls and daughters and aunties and mothers to have an equal space. So when you talk about feminism, let's be empowered and think about the beautiful things that it has done to our community. Taking into note that women are slightly of a higher population, not, not double, but we are just, I think, 50 to 53 percent. It means that many men have more daughters than sons. So when you think of feminism, let's think of just giving, let's think of it as giving everyone an equal opportunity to serve and to live a fulfilled life. My name is Queen Tambori and my guest, Dr. Zippy here, has kept us company and given us lots of insight into the topic of gender justice and many other things. Till next time. It's bye for now. <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs>